What if you received news that you were accused of a crime? That you were actually going to be on trial for this crime? That you were going to be convicted of this crime? And that you were going to be spending quite a number of months at Rikers Island, the most dangerous penitentiary in New York City? Well, if you think that couldn't happen to any one of us, think again. Because it does happen. It happens a lot. People can be falsely accused and falsely imprisoned for crimes they did not do. Today, my guest is Jennifer Wilkoff, a woman that I have known for many years, a woman who is a successful businesswoman, a very successful author, an entrepreneur with a great apartment, great clothes, had the world by the string until one day she got the news that she had been convicted of a crime. And I'm going to let Jennifer tell us the story of how this happened, uh, what has happened since she's now free again and with us. Jennifer Wilkov, welcome to the Colin Lively Show. Hi, Colin. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. It's such a pleasure for me to even be able to talk to you today because for the better part of a year, there was no communication between you and I because you were at Rikers Island. And the only way that I was even knowing what was going on in the, in the life of, of my dear friend Jennifer was through your mother who kept all of us informed. But, Jennifer, I mean, I, I've lived through this with you, except for the time that you spent in Rikers Island. Tell me what happened, how you felt when you got this news. I mean, this is such an amazing story. It's a scary story, because really, if this could happen to Jennifer Wilkov, this could happen to Colin Lively or to anyone else. It can, and it's really um, unfortunate, because... Um, Last year, I had written an exclusive article that I was asked to do by Marie Claire magazine, and it appeared in April of 2009. And um, what happened was, just like many people have experienced, I was interested in real estate investing, and I got introduced to an opportunity through a family member. And that family member had already invested, and I learned about it. I did I did research on it. I spoke personally to the people who were doing it, and my family invested. And then I was being asked as a certified financial planner by clients for investments that they could do. And I checked it out with the firm that I was working with, and the supervisor that I had, who in the world of financial planning is someone called the compliance supervisor, and I discussed it and was told that I was on my own. I filled out the industry paperwork that I was instructed to fill out and complete, and then I shared the information about what I was doing personally with, my, with a couple of clients. And the problem was... It turned out to be a scam, and I was the one that discovered that it was a scam, and I was the one that reported it and went into the authorities to report it and make sure that it was stopped. 
I also informed and provided access to the real estate litigator who helped me figure out and turn and really turn it out as a and understand that it was a scam and who helped me in the reporting of it. And suddenly <laughs> the NYPD was on my doorstep. <laughs> mm. And they were they took all kinds of things from me and I said, well, I said to myself, well, if this is how this gets solved and this is how this gets stopped, then you know, whatever they need to take from me, they should take it because I really wanted what happened to me and my family and the people that I had referred to to be vindicated, and I wanted them to be stopped. And then I found myself, Colin, being arrested and being arraigned in court and being photographed by the paparazzi and stories about me all over the financial media, and I was on the full page three of New York Daily News, <laughs> and I lost everything. I lost my apartment. I couldn't, I couldn't lease an apartment. No one would lease me an apartment. They would actually hold up page three <laughs> of the Daily News and ask me, is this you? Oh, my God. And I would have to say, yes. And they yep. said, we can't lease you an apartment. Because with Google and Bing and everything else, I mean, every move we make is either uh, written about, talked about, and I know what you mean because, uh, I mean, I got a lot of information about what's going on with you by just by Googling Jennifer Wilkov. Yes, it was everywhere. Everybody trashed me. And, you know, here I was. I was reporting somebody's scheme to defraud me and my family and other people, and suddenly I was being charged with scheme to defraud and I was confused what I had done was I had referred something that I had done I had done due diligence on I had I had researched I had gotten permission from the place where I was working I had a situation where um, I hired the same firm by the way that Martha Stewart worked with <laughs> Mm. to work with and um, the attorney that I worked with there completely misrepresented me he did not inform me about the process and it was um, the things that he did were just unimaginable I mean I was literally told to plead guilty to something that I was innocent of and I was also dumped by my attorney in the sentencing hearing it's in the public record and literally in the sentencing hearing, the first thing that my attorney did without telling me, Colin, he oh. never told me he was going to do it, is he, would, he asked to be withdrawn as my representation and never told me he was going to do it. So you arrive, uh, do you arrive in court without representation, J just uh, like stripped down bare, there you are? Yes, that was what happened. He and I met with him outside, and my best friend was in that same meeting with me. We had collected over 100 letters from people, really protesting and attesting for the judge. They were all written to the judge about how this was so out of character for me and attesting to my integrity and my character and that this just was something that they asked for leniency. They said, this doesn't make any sense with the woman that I know. And do you know, Colin, that he never presented that to the district attorney or the judge until the day of the sentencing. 
He was supposed to submit it earlier. So all these people took their valuable time because they love me and they know me, but they know me personally. And they took their time to write these letters and <laughs> he never, he never presented, he never presented to them. And so there were many, many things that he did, but there are, you know, it's really a, it's difficult because I was a certified financial planner. I was not an attorney. I knew very little about the legal system because I had never been involved with the legal system. I was like many other people that I knew in my world. I had maybe a few late parking tickets that I had paid for parking at a meter <laughs> where I ran out of cat, you know, where I ran out of time. But I had never had any involvement with the law. And so here I was, I hired someone who had taken an oath to defend, you know, my rights and me as a person and didn't do that. And it really was disappointing. And I have to tell you, Colin, when I actually got sentenced, I had three friends of mine in the courtroom. And I had literally the objective of everybody was to make me homeless and hungry. And I had no address. At that point, I had a storage unit. And I literally had no way of being able to buy myself food to eat. Oh my it was God. very, very complicated. And... I never let them beat my spirit, but I couldn't believe when I was asked to stand up and I was handcuffed in the courtroom. And I was like, how did I get here? How could this happen? And it was frightening and scary, and I went to Rikers Island for four months as a part of my sentence. Well... And when we get back from the break, I want I want to hear about the Rikers Island thing. And I also, you know, I want to share something with you that that happened to me, where I didn't get sentenced, but for seven long months I thought I might be for something. Well, it was something I actually did, but it didn't deserve being thrown into prison. We have to take a break. When we get back, we will have more of Jennifer Wilkov's harrowing story about how. She, like any one of us, is just going about her day-to-day -day business and ends up in Rikers Island. We'll be right back. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Hi, this is John Banks with the Zeus Radio Network and Hear Women Talk. Come join me on Mondays from 2 to 3 p.m. with Bringing Man Out of the Cave. We're going to try to take an interesting look at the male-female dynamic as I try to give you answers as to why men do what they do. Come join me on Mondays. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa, featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145.
When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi, this is Jessica Doravage, host of the Where Is My Guru show. Join us Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Hear Women Talk. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to the Colin Lively Show, where I, Colin Lively, am talking to my guest, Jennifer Wilkov, about a most harrowing experience that any one of us could ever possibly imagine her doing time at Rikers Island the most where the most hardened criminals in New York City go how a woman living in Brooklyn Heights with a designer wardrobe a great business how she can end up in Rikers Island trust me it can happen to any one of us Jennifer now so you become you're in the courtroom, you're all alone, and this attorney has, has dropped you, uh, not even letting you know you've been dropped until you're there, and all the work that your friends have done for you, it, it's as if this, he just took it and threw it into the dumpster. Where do you go from here? Well, you know, it's a very harrowing thing, Kyle, to be an upping person and feel like you've been kicked to the curb. I mean, it's very, very difficult to swallow that um, pill as a person. And I had so much support and so many people who were standing behind me and knew that this was wrong. And I ended up um, going into Rikers Island, and I literally was terrified. I was terrified. Here I, this is a part of society that I never would have seen otherwise. I can absolutely tell you I am one of the um, <laughs> sort of one of the I'll call it pure people who really just you know does love what I do and I here I was I was the best-selling award-winning author I loved helping other authors and writers as a book consultant I was an entrepreneur who was successful and loved helping other entrepreneurs both new and those who had been out there doing their best to do better and to understand what it is that it takes to be a good entrepreneur. And here I was, sort of in the opposite world with these people that um, were just, like you said, they were all kinds of people that were really people I had never seen before. They were thieves and they were prostitutes and they were people who fight with each other and they were people who were drug dealers and people who were on drugs and people who were from uh, all different walks, all different, all different races, Colin, all different crimes, mm. and white collar crimes, violent crimes, people who were extremely volatile, and really other people who were extremely withdrawn, <laughs> and it was all very, um, you know, for them it was all very natural, and for me, I was just, I felt like my eyes were wide as saucers because. I didn't know what to do. 
I didn't know what to say, and I didn't know who to talk to. And before um, my sentencing hearing, I had um, met with, with one of my own personal mentors. He's my Aikido sensei, Don Cardoza, up in the Wellness Resource Center up in, um, New, up in Massachusetts. And he had really helped me to prepare for this experience because I told him, I have no idea what's about to happen, I said, but I know that I have no idea how to actually conduct myself in this environment. And he and I had spoken about actually understanding that, you know, people don't have any respect for people, and it was something where there was going to be a lot of yelling, a lot of expletives, a lot of um, personal attacks, and a lot of physical attacks. And I really needed to understand how to navigate in that because, you know, my regular life, Colin, I don't fight with people. <laughs> you know, I'm not someone who shouts expletives at other people. And this was the environment that I was heading into. And it was frightening for me because I'm one of those people who likes to help people, who wants people you know, who wants to find out what they want, who wants to find out the dreams that they have and really help them to be the person that they can be so that they can get the dreams that they desire. Mm. And, you know, it's it's just something that I'm people know about me. I have a genuine interest in humanity and really in helping people be who it is that they want to be and make that contribution to the human experience. And I do that also. And I'm committed to it. And so for me, this was just beyond my imagination. And the day before, one other thing is the day before I was sentenced, because of that meeting with my Aikido sensei, I actually cut my hair and I donated it. With a, a, My best friend helped me with this process. I cut it off and I donated it to the Pantene Beautiful Lengths program because... Mm-hmm. That program actually takes live human hair and they create wigs for women who are going through treatments for breast and cervical cancer and ovarian cancer. And I said to my friends, I said, look, I said, everyone that I know has always told me that I have one of the most beautiful heads of hair and Mm. it's so healthy. And they said to me, um, they said, that's right. And I said, well, look, I said, if I'm going to cut this off, then I want to give it to somebody who it can help. I mean, if I've got something that they don't, then I want to give it to them. Mm. And we did our research, and we looked at other uh, programs that accept human hair for the benefit of others, and I selected this one because I wanted to help these women. And I said, look, even though my entire world is falling apart here, (laughs) and I don't understand what's happening... I still have the capacity and the ability to help somebody and to make a difference for somebody else's life. And that was the choice that I made. And so that was what we did was the day before I was sentenced, in the event that everything was going to really come true and I was really going to go to Rikers Island, I needed to make sure that nobody could use my hair as a weapon. Mm. And so I decided to use my hair for good call, and I gave it to people who could use it. Well... That goes right along with the Jennifer Wilkov that I know. One one thing about talking with you on my show today, Jennifer, is that you and I happen to be very good friends. Uh, so I'm not a talk show host that that 
you could be I could be saying yeah 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 she's such a good person listen to her go on and on I know you I've known you for a very very long time and I know that your whole your whole shtick as it as, as as they say is about helping others at the time you went into prison you had a book out that that uh, was helping people. I believe it's it's called dating your money. Uh, do I yes. have the name correct? And that is correct. You went into prison. This was a best-selling book, and this this book helps people. That is how I know my friend Jennifer Wilkov to be is helping others. And how you ended up at Rikers Island is one of the most disturbing stories. It, it's frightening. I mean, it, it's like hearing about rats in the sewers. It's like, oh my God, if Jennifer Wilkov, a person like that, can end up at Rikers Island, then a person like me can also end up in Rikers Island. This stuff is scary. It is. And it's, you know, it's something where you want, you know, you hire people, and I understand that that was other people's experience with me is you hire people that you want to be able to trust and you want to know that they're doing the right thing by you. I never lied to the people, you know, that I worked with. I really wanted them to know everything that I knew and everything that I could tell them and everything that I found out as I found out about it. And I made sure that, you know, for myself, I thought I was hiring somebody that I could trust. And, you know, one of the things that's very complicated for me is that I want to be able to understand, you know, sometimes when you hire somebody who is in a position where you trust them, it's your responsibility, it's your life to do the due diligence, you know. And I explained to every person that I referred this to, I said, look, here's the information, but I'm telling you you should do your own due diligence. You should get your um, other authorities in your life to look at this with you besides me. You know, and I did, and and you know, it's it's very complicated, especially when some of the people that you're also referring it to are in the real estate industry, Carl, <laughs> and they do this for a living. That's and if they had questions or they saw something funny, you would think that they would have not invested in it, and they would have asked a lot of que- a lot of questions about what they saw that was concerning them, and those even those people, Colin. They never questioned the investment. These are people who had been a uh, title attorney and someone who ran, two people who ran very successful real estate brokerage operations and another person who was a leasing agent for a commercial uh, real estate company that's very well established in New York City. I mean, these weren't, you know, some of these people were not people who didn't know anything about real estate. These people were people who worked in real estate. And, so, and like you say, you would expect the experts to to watch your back, so to speak. And well, you know, it's kind of funny because we take referrals from people, and if you're in that business and you see something funny, you would say, you know, I no, this is this doesn't look right to me, or you know, I have questions, and I I made sure that everyone could connect with you know the introduction that was made and the people who were re- going to be responsible for the investment. And, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of uh, difficult when 
you know, you you suddenly find out that you've been duped and you've been scammed and you've been conned by somebody. And here I was, and I know that other people um, that have told me, look, I've referred things and it's gone really bad and it got really nasty, but nothing like whatever happened to you. <laughs> you know, and it's 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 one of those life lessons, I guess. You know, where you're you're trying to understand, you know, who can you trust? And I totally understand that. And for me. You know, I got the rawest end of the deal. Here I was, I was duped and conned by people who took advantage of me. And then I got duped and conned again by an attorney and by the legal system. And, you know, I when I was in fifth grade, Colin, I really loved the legal system. I loved the American system, and I still believe in America, and I haven't allowed this to dampen my belief. But wow, I mean, I've learned so much about the legal system that I never would have learned. And unfortunately, I've learned by experience. And when I went into Rikers Call, you know, I was told not to talk to anybody, not to make any friends, and, you know, just to keep to myself and be quiet. And I got inside and, you know, I did exactly what I was told. I did my best to keep to myself. But you know what? God had another plan, Call. God had well, another plan. God has a plan right now for us, and that's to take a break. And as soon as we get back, <laughs> I, was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting for the segue, and that sounded like a good one. God wants us to take a break. And as soon as we get back, there will be more of uh, Jennifer Wilkoff, and we're going to be joined by one of my favorite guests in the past, Ms. Bobby Horowitz, and she'll be joining us in our conversation right after this break. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Hi, this is Gina Tremarco with The Martini Meeting. Listen to The Martini Meeting with Eileen Soizan and myself every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. on Zeus Radio for HearWomenTalk.com. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Attention boppers, shaggers, and swingers, join us at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for the fast-paced excitement of the Swing Syndicate. Study the swing styles of Jitterbug, Double Time, Lindy, West Coast, East Coast, and Show. Sure to be a big hit on the Grand Strand. That's the Swing Syndicate, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock, at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach, 10.30, Possum Trot Road, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. That's galore. Visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver, Life is Good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing, 
in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats galore at barefoot.com. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Welcome back to the Colin Lively Show here on the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Uh, our shows are always archived at the hearwomentalk.com site so we can hear any show that we've, uh, that we've missed in the past and we can also refer our shows to our friends. Jennifer, we've been joined now with Bobby Horowitz, another one of my close friends, who's also been one of my guests in the past. Bobby, welcome to the Colin Lively Show. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Jennifer. Hi, Bobby. My, my, oh, my question, my heart is going to you. I had an, uh, a not-for-profit arts and education thing, and we went into one of the I-75 schools, and I worked with a student that just got out of Rikers, and I remember saying, oh, my God, he, he happened to be adorable, and I loved him, but oh my God, he was just in Rikers. What could have that been like? What was it? What are the people in Rikers like? Who is in Rikers? Um, well, <laughs> it's a little bit... Uh, it's Your imagination could really go wild, Bobby, <laughs> wondering like who's in there. And um, there are a lot of violent people. There are a lot of people who are um, verbally abusive. And there are people in there who are just as scared as I was. And it was it was sort of really interesting because um, one of the things that you have to be when you go to Rikers is strong. You have to be strong. There are no tears in Rikers. And um, it's something where people are just waiting to see where you're vulnerable to be able to pounce on you. And it's sort of, you know, it's what you would imagine, but... Really, there's a whole other side to Rikers that I got to see, and there are people there who are just as scared to be who they are as people. And um, it was interesting because I kept telling my mother throughout this whole experience when it started happening, I said, you know, I know it sounds crazy, I said, but I really feel like there's someone I'm supposed to help in this experience because I can't figure out why all these different events are happening. I said, but, you know, even when I had tried to find another attorney, which I did, everybody kept pointing me back to the same firm that was doing this. And I said, you know, there must be a higher reason why I'm supposed to go through this. And I finally let go and let God. And I arrived at Rikers and I ended up after seven days of processing um, which is what happens um, I got put into the general population <laughs> in a dormitory that is an open room there are no locks there are no cells it's not what you see in the movies or anything you're completely unprotected you're open to all other 49 women that are in that room and the only thing that you have is a 7 by 3 foot cot and that is your whole life and your whole space. And it's in an open room where everybody else has access to everything that you have and access to you. So that's the first thing, <laughs> which makes it even scarier. So for you, those of you like me who live in New York City and you lock your door and you check it twice at night, forget it. <laughs> when you're in Rikers and the general population, you have no door to lock. There is no door. And... Um, I ended up in a bed uh, that was next to a woman who, now I happen to be uh, white and Jewish, 
and she was African-American and Muslim. And I arrived, and, you know, I was following the rules that I had been told, don't talk to anybody, don't, you know, don't be your nice self. (laughs) And uh, I ended up talking to her. Um, She was very kind. She she spoke in a low voice. And um, we actually were talking, and I I eventually told her that I kept feeling like there was someone I was supposed to help through this experience. And she said, well, that would be me. She said, I have been praying to the heavens above for somebody to help me because I just can't stand, I can't believe my life. I hate myself and I hate my life. Uh, No accident. It was no accident, Bobby. I Mm. ended up saying, well, you know, I, I can help you. And I did. For four months, I worked with her and I took her through some personal uh, exploration exercises so she could really mm-hmm. look at her life and really understand what it was that she wanted mm-hmm. for herself, the life that she wanted to live. And through those four months, I read, friends of mine had sent me, had mailed in books of poetry. So I would read her poetry and we would discuss it. And I created um, a weekly meeting over tea where we would all share something good that was happening to us in our lives. Even though we were sitting in Rikers, it didn't mean that life couldn't be good, was my perspective. And I also worked with her in the garden. And then I gave her a book that a friend of mine had sent in to me. I was the only one with books, um, pretty much. Other people really didn't have books, and there's no library in Rikers. There's a law library, but not a book library. And... um, they, the person had sent me um, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, and I, it's a great book, and I had her read that. I offered it to her, and she read it. And, you know, we discussed our religions, and I learned a lot about the Muslim faith, and she learned a lot about the Jewish faith. And we got along beautifully, and I really uh, supported her in the life choices that she wanted to make and change for herself and understand that there's another way that she could live. And when her husband didn't visit her on her birthday, it it was a couple of weeks before I was going to be released. And I have to tell you, Bobby, she looked at me and she said, I deserve better. I really deserve better. Yay. And I looked at her with tears in my eyes, and I was like, yes, you do. Yeah, you <laughs> did good. <laughs> I did good. You know, it was it was so nice to be able to help someone like that. And I helped another woman learn how to read, and I explained to other women about the benefits of yoga and meditation, which they were not familiar with at all. I had other women who were afraid of their lives and themselves, and of their own accord, I didn't solicit, you know, attention from anybody. Believe me, I wanted to be invisible. <laughs> they came well, they over to me. You. Yeah, they each one of them, goodness. they did. I mean, each one of them approached me on their own accord and of their own accord, and they asked me questions, and they asked me about life, and they asked me to borrow books. And you know what's funny, Bobby, is people told me, even other inmates told me, don't you lend your books to anybody. They said they'll steal them from you and I just looked at them and I said you know I just can't believe that I can't believe that they would steal my books and every person that I loaned my books to they would come over they would say can I look at that book and I would say yes of course and I treated them with respect and I treated them and their interest with respect and you know what Bobby nobody ever stole a book from me they always returned it I always told them 
Yeah, I always told them, I said, when you're done, please bring it back to me so that I can share it with someone else. And you know what? Every person did. Yep. Every person did. How great. Well, you know, you know Jennifer. So really, mm-hmm, oh, sorry. Jennifer, I mean, one of the things that Bobby has done for many, many years when she uh, created and, and ran her charity is she did work with the kinds of people well I don't know how to phrase this properly but with people that are disenfranchised by bringing arts to these people to bring a, a, a more positive side of life so that people growing up in a certain segment of our population might not grow up and end up in Rikers I mean you never expected to be in Rikers but there are some of us that are born into unfortunate situations where sort of like all roads lead to Rikers. Oh, yeah. Bobby. He was in Rikers. He was, what, 17 years old. And, I mean, and so hearing Jennifer talk about how, how she dealt with this Muslim woman by uh, engaging her in what it's like to what Judaism is like. I mean, look, we have wars taking place over being Muslim and Jewish side by side. And here are these two women representing these two factions side by side at Rikers Island and how they became friends. I mean, this is such a touching story to me. The whole story. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the fact that Jennifer went through this harrowing experience, at the other side of this is a beautiful story because I'll tell you something else, Bobby, and this is something we haven't talked about yet. The day that Jennifer went into Rikers Island, she met a man who became hmm. her um, life partner for a period oh of time. Yes. And yeah, it was, get- four we- it was four weeks before I was sentenced, Carl. And when we get back from our break, I want to hear about this because I know David and I know what an important part of your life he was during that period and what an important part he is now. And we've got to take a break. Bobby, thank you so much for joining me. I always love to be in your company. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Jennifer. And we'll be back with more Colin Lively Show and Jennifer Wilkoff. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. The definition of guru is to lead from darkness to light, and one who is regarded as having great knowledge, wisdom, and authority in a certain area, and who uses it to guide others. Join us on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Where Is My Guru show, where gurus from the areas of art, travel, creative activism, wellness, and the spa share their infinite wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Fridays at 3 p.m. right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. 
Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk. What a heartwarming story I'm having today with my friend Jennifer Wilkov. And Jennifer, I want to hear about David. David is someone that you met shortly before you went in, and someone, you t- well, you tell me the story. Well, you know, I always believed that I could meet someone and meet, you know, the man of my dreams and have a great relationship, even while all of this, while my life was falling apart from all of this. And um, my friends were like, really, are you sure? And now is not the best time, and... I said, no, really, you know, I really believe that I can still meet him, even with all of these circumstances. And I met someone first uh, who I and who was in San Diego, and I dated him for 60 days. And then I met someone else through a professional networking meeting. Um, and I ended up uh, in a relationship that was really uh, headed towards being abusive. And I jumped out of that one after five weeks. <laughs> very scared and extremely uh, devastated at the not only are the circumstances in my life falling apart but then I meet someone like this who was very disrespectful and um, very dangerous and um, and I met and I met the person in a professional networking meet you know environment which was a business environment so that scared me even more so I ended up meeting David um, he uh, was on Facebook and he was a member of my group, Your Book is Your Hook, because I'm a book consultant for other authors and writers in, a diff- in addition to being a best-selling, award-winning author myself. And he got on Facebook and he found my group because he also wanted to write a book. Well, I ended up meeting David because one day I was so sick. Um, I had a terrible cold and I put it in my status on Facebook, which many of us use. I have the worst sniffles ever. <laughs> And he happened to see my status, and he ended up dropping me an email that said, I'm an alternative health care doctor, and how can I help you? And he left my phone number, and being a best-selling award-winning author, I usually don't respond to things like that, and I didn't. Well, Facebook had introduced their instant messaging chat at that time, and uh, he started he started touching me online at night when I was on Facebook. And... Um, he started IMing me and telling me about what he was doing and, you know, telling me about what kind of tea he was drinking and things like that. So <laughs> I said to my writing partner, I said, i got to find out who this guy is. You know, this is just, um, I'm not sure what's going on here, I said, but i got to find out who this is. Because at this point, I wanted to know everybody in my world. And anybody that I didn't know was not allowed in my world <laughs> because it was just scary. It was a very scary time for me. And I ended up meeting him through the IM chat. I asked him flat out, I said, what are your core values and beliefs? And what we discovered from that exchange was that we had the same values and we actually had the same belief systems. 
and I ended up I did end up talking to him on the phone and this is what I did call and everybody always laughs but this is exactly what I said I told him everything that was going on I said there's a very good chance that in four weeks I'm going to jail oh my god I said I've never been in jail I've never gone to jail and I'm scared out of my mind and I said if any of this scares you I said you need to run in the other direction right now <laughs> because I can't afford to have people in my life who don't know what's going on and also wow. who can't live with it and he just said to me on the phone he said I'm not going anywhere he said how can I help you and how can I best support you and that oh was so god. congruent yeah I mean that was so congruent with his whole uh, person and who he was and his belief systems and so I went into Rikers on June 4th 2008 and he became my lifeline really to my life and I spoke to him uh, a couple of times a day with the amount of phone time that I was granted uh, in addition I spoke to my family from time to time but I spoke to him every day anything I needed that man provided me with he worked alongside with my mother and I actually wrote about what I was seeing and observing in Rikers, and I wrote letters to all of the people that grew to a very large circle of people, one of whom, Colin, you were, that um, received my letters that I wrote to everybody. Yes, uh, it, it, about their... it was our <laughs> it was our only connection to our beloved Jennifer. And Jennifer, we've been joined by another one of my great friends, Hattie. And Hattie, you've been listening to this story. This, this. I mean, because you've been there for me so many times. I had a similar story, but we're not going to go yes, into my story. Did, and I came to visit at the, at the time. They were saying things about you psychologically, and and they just they just didn't believe anything that you said. They just looked upon you as an inferior. And then I came in all dressed up, and I'm, I was a psychotherapist. I said, pardon me, I don't know why you're speaking to him that way. And all of a sudden, they changed in their attitude towards you. So the support from the outside, uh, Jennifer, extraordinary, darling. But your story is such an affirmation of miracles. It is. Thank you. It really, um, you know, it's been incredible because David was so... Um, so much a part of my life and so much of a support and we just recently um, parted as romantic partners and are still very deep friends obviously and um, one of the things that is so remarkable is uh, when I was released from Rikers and I, I was released on October 1st in 2008 I had people who immediately said to me when will you be ready to work I want to work with you and I came out, and I didn't have people who ran away from me. I had people who were waiting for me to be available to work with them. And that was just miraculous, too, because I have been working with people ever since. I continue to write and publish. My fifth book just came out in January of this year, and it's called Boys Before Business, A Single Girl's Guide to Having It All. And I help other people find people. <laughs> I help other people along with my co-author Kim Miles to really. I help other women find the men of their dreams. I mean, look, you know, if I could do it, you know, under the circumstances that I was in, I believe anybody can do anything in any situation, circumstance, and condition. And well, you, you know, things like a very powerful magnetic force around you, darling, and it, and. I mean, I can feel it here in the other end of the telephone. And that kind of magnetic force just draws people into the, 
the positive in the way that they need and desire so very much. I laughed at the name of your book because my book is called Sex and the Single Senior, A Cougar Search for Love. (laughs) And honestly, I mean, the thing is, we just, you know, we take away things from ourselves. You know, you can really have all the things that you want in your life. And, you know, if people, I always say, Kyle, you know, if people can look at me and they can understand that I'm doing the things that I want. I I help people with the things I love to help them with. I write books because I love to write. You can Mm -hmm. do it. Whatever it is in your life that you want to do, don't let the things in your life that happen stop you. They don't stop me. Well, I, I can say that. But, you know, Jennifer, I have, I have like, uh, I better tell people why I sort of got in trouble with the law. I was mm-hmm. having a, a domestic quarrel with the man I was living with. And he had just gone to Bergdorf Goodman and had bought this very fancy suit uh, on Saturday afternoon. And we were having, like, a domestic quarrel uh, on Sunday afternoon, actually talking about which one of our mothers is the bigger bitch. And I said, your mother's a bigger bitch. He said, no, your mother's a bigger bitch. And I got pissed off, and I went. I took his suit, and I put it in the bathtub, and I set it on fire. And because I live in a in a, uh, a multi-dwelling building in New York City, they they slapped an arson charge on me, which is which you go to prison for seven years for arson in New York City. And then at the time we had Giuliani, and he was like this nasty mayor. And I I, I had that over my head for seven months, and so. Although I really did do something, I mean, setting a designer suit on fire in a bathtub just because you're pissed off at your boyfriend doesn't mean you should go to prison for seven months. But I know how something can happen. I mean, you didn't even do as much as burn a boyfriend's suit, and here you are at Rikers Island for four months. So if that can happen, Jennifer, you, I'm telling you, I I think the message here is when. When we see someone being accused wrongly, I mean, there are people fighting for their lives out there who are sitting on death row who did not do the crimes that they've been convicted of. I have a very good friend, Linda Kenny Bodden, who is a champion for these people, and she actually has gotten people released almost at the moment they're being led to the gas chamber. So... Uh, even if you're a good person, you're minding your own business, you're, you're, you're doing good for society, the system sometimes turns on us and we can find ourselves in jail. It happened to Jennifer Wilkoff, it happened to Colin Lively. Hattie, I know it can happen to you. So it can happen to any of us. I want to thank you so much for the time today. This has been such a compelling story. Uh, I'm going to wait for the next chapter and the next book, but next week on the Colin Lively show, I'm having my Halloween show. And Hattie, you've got to come and join us. Bring some tricks I and will, treats. Honey. <laughs> I'll throw a pumpkin pie, honey. You be here. And for today, that's it for Colin Lively, the Colin Lively Show on the Zeus Radio Network. Hear women talk and make sure to share this show archived with your friends next week.